This is Michael Easley in context. And if a shield means war, and if you give up before you get up, what were you praying for? The future's an open window, set in cornerstone. Wash off the ash, raise up the banner, this is your true home. Dr. Michael Easley. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Michael Easley in context. You've been listening to a little bit of the Peter Furler Band in the studio today. It's a blast to have Dave Gazarian with us. Dave, welcome. Thank you so much. Now, let's start at the beginning. When did you first start playing an instrument and... You know, when did this this DNA come out of you? Uh, you know, I grew up in an Armenian family, so you have to start when you're like five. You have to <laughs> it, do it's part of the productive. script, right? Yeah, right. So I started playing piano actually when I was five and uh, hated it. You know, you come back. You know, I had a lunch break from elementary school, and every day we had an hour break, and I'd have to half of it I had to study. I had to play piano. Play, wow. play piano and learn theory, of course. Yeah, theory. I mean, yeah, theory. Classical. Classical. Nothing that I really enjoyed. Okay. <laughs> We've just dissed all the classical folks, but we'll keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, honestly, um, I had to probably study piano for 10 years wow. before it started to be like something that I enjoyed. So, it was strictly just you had to do it because mom and dad made you do yeah. it? And it, mom, was, it was. I mean, that's how it was in my family. Okay. Mom and dad made you do it. I actually didn't even think I had the option to quit, so I didn't even ask. <laughs> You know, I never really thought of that. I hear about people doing that now, and I'm like, wow, why didn't I think of that? But yeah, after about 10 years, I discovered I really liked doing it, so I started taking it on my own. I started learning jazz, piano, and uh, probably my biggest inspiration to switch to the guitar, I was at the opening day of Back to the Future. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. And saw that movie, and there's a scene in there when Michael J. Fox kind of, he's back in time, he does the Chuck Berry thing. Yeah, great scene, yeah. And I was like, holy cow, that's what I'm going to do with my life. (laughs) 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 I had this revelation. (laughs) So, uh, you know, a week later, my dad helped me buy a guitar. Uh, at, the, at the time, it was in the newspaper. You had to look at the classifieds. Really? Not like today. You know? where, where were you living at the time? Well, at the time, I was living in Akron, Ohio. Akron, okay. So started just, um, you know, from what I knew of piano, started teaching myself, mm-hmm. ordered like mail order type uh, courses. How and, to play? Get yeah, out. how to play guitar. Get out. Rock and roll methods and, you know, all sorts of stuff. I had to, First, I had to learn Johnny Be Good. That was of the starting course. point. Of course. Man, and then, you know, my parents all through... Growing up, you know, I was so blessed to be in a Christian family growing up. Mm-hmm. And so they always had us in church. And they, I mean, I was singing in church when I was five. I, don't ask me to sing now. For those who may not know, give us a little history of Audio Adrenaline and your involvement with them. Well, you know, I had been playing in bands for many years before I was approached by, by them, which was, I guess, almost a couple of years ago now. Um, I just got a call out of the blue uh, from a guy named Kevin Max, and of course I knew who he was. You know, we had probably met somewhere along the way, and he said, "Yeah, I'm Kevin Max," and I said, "Oh, I know who you are." But he's talking about this idea of putting the band back together and having me play, and uh, honestly, I was just kind of blown away that I would. You know, it was one of those bands that we had we had played with over the years and in, in groups that I've been in, and uh, just the idea of being asked to be part of that was a great honor. Mm-hmm. And you were with Audio Drill and how long? 
Just about a year. A year? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Some other bands that you were playing with? I started playing with a band called Church of Rhythm. Actually, I was, uh, if you want to go back to college, I went to, to college for to study pharmacy. And I was at, at Ohio State University and pretty heavily involved in Campus Crusade there mm-hmm. and helping lead worship. And by the time I graduated college, pretty much resigned myself to be a pharmacist. That's what I was studying to do. I could see you doing that. Yeah, you can see that, right? I mean, it's about the look. Um, <laughs> put a white coat on you. Put, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, once in a while I do that. Uh, you'd be surprised. But um, I still was playing pretty actively in, in Campus Crusade. There was a church I was playing. I mean, every opportunity I had to play, I was playing. Did you always love it at that point? Was it like, can't wait to go do it. That's all I kind of looked forward to. I mean, not to say that I wasn't looking forward to, you know, I wasn't enjoying my life at the time, but it's just, it was a lot of just studying stuff that I had no idea what I was studying, you know, Mm. chemical names, and it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, Armenian background, you have to have a real career. Do it. It's a fallback (laughs) on, right, right. It's a fallback. But I was part of a group uh, that they had put together for a Christmas conference at Campus Crusade. And by this time, it was my senior year. And I thought, you know, I just resigned myself to, you know, I'll probably just be a pharmacist. This is is nice to do. And I'll figure out ways to incorporate music. But met a band called Church of Rhythm, who is a guest artist at the conference. And they were ironically looking for a guitar player. Mm -hmm. So... Had some chats with them, and by my senior, well, the last quarter of my senior year, I was flying in and out doing shows, and I literally walked off the graduation podium and practically walked into a van and trailer Wow! and uh, started touring and, and haven't looked back since. Wow. You've been in all kinds of venues from the small church thing to, you know, big auditoriums. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're playing and you're looking out on this audience that's going crazy, how do you bring Christ, your relationship with Christ, into what you're doing and how all these, you know, kids, I would suspect mostly young audience, are responding to you. Yeah, it's a good question because you wonder that sometimes. You're like, well, how? What are we doing here? Because you know, especially when you, it's a routine. You know, you're doing the right. same concert every day, and you're like, wow, we we don't necessarily get to stick around and see the fruit of what happens. You know, even even if we give a brief message, we're kind of in and out. To kind of bring back one of the groups that I've been actually the most longstanding member was a group called Super Chick, which came mm-hmm. out of Church of Rhythm and. And uh, one of the messages that we always tried to relay, that one of our just themes was basically um, that God has given everybody a gift, like a unique gift, and that your responsibility is find out what that is and use it just to the full, like maximize it, you know, bring it out. And the hope is that what we're doing on stage is just a platform to show kids that, you know, that's the message. This is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Now find what you're doing and be just as excited about mm. it. That's why it's so important to us to just have so much excitement on stage, I guess, just to show the passion for what we're doing, and which is a true passion. And if we're going to play rock music, we're going to play it as loud as we can. <laughs> if we're going to play a ballad, it's going to be a real ballad. You know, it's mm. whatever we're going to, it's almost going extreme to help influence and, and inspire people to do that for God. You've certainly heard some stories. You've got an email and social media and stuff, mm-hmm. guys that have come back. So what are some of the things you heard back from uh, maybe some that life change or provoke somebody in a way? I mean, one of the coolest stories for me, man, there's a lot of them, but I know there's, a, you know, if you're in a band for like 12, 14 years, you start to see some of the same people come to your shows. Okay. And, you know, we were catering to a lot of like, you know, junior high, high school. I remember a girl that was 
probably, I don't know, maybe junior high when we met her and she kept coming to shows and she was kind of one of our super fans. And one day she finally came to a show and she had her graduation cap from mm -hmm. college and it had super chick written all over it. <laughs> and she's like, she just explained to us how just the message of our music, the encouragement of just endurance and just, you know, being great and doing greater things than, than wow. you can imagine. She's like, I couldn't have done it without that message and without you guys following you guys and watching you guys do it. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was blown away yeah. to be even part of that. So you and Peter decide to do this new band. I mean, yet another band. Why is it different for you? How do you see God using it in a different way? You know, I think it's like what Peter had said. It's just different seasons. You know, I went through so many seasons of bands. I, I played for, like I said, I started playing for a band called Church of Rhythm. We kind of, uh, two of the band members, myself and, and a guy named Max, we found ourselves as the last standing members of the band. So we're like, well, what are we, we going to do? And so we kind of, he had this, kind of this, what he felt was a calling to kind of minister uh, with a girl-fronted band called Super Chick because a lot of, you know, one of the themes of Church of Rhythm, one of the songs that he had sang was uh, about self-esteem and, and things like that in, in context of that. And so a lot of girls were approaching him to talk about their issues with that. And we thought, you know, that's not really appropriate for guys to be talking about, you know, guy to girl right, ministry, right. you know? So we said, we need to, we need to address this in the form of a band and to, to put a girl in front that has that same vision and that, you know, same mindset and have her be the voice for these girls and have her be the one talking to them. So that became that season in our life. And uh, so we kind of, we were like, we were living on nothing at the time. We kind of went, uh, we, had, we had a friend that was very kind to us and let us just kind of live in his house. And wow. uh, this was in the suburbs of Chicago. And I call it the dark ages of my life because we felt like, <laughs> well, what are we doing? We're, we're creating something, we're starting something, but nobody knows about it. Is it really going to amount to anything? And uh, sure enough, God took it and made it something bigger than, than us. And um, so from that, you know, had so many great ministry opportunities touring many countries and just mostly around the U.S. And from that, you know, I, I played with Rebecca St. James for a while. I played and, and, you know, I think it was pretty late on in that uh, Peter called me to to join his his group. And, you know, that was just another great season of opportunity for me. You are married. I am. And uh, kids. No kids. No kids yet. Okay. We're still pretty. We're still pretty young. Uh, about f just just past the four year mark. Okay, so it's it's still okay to travel. You're gone how many nights a year? Uh, you know, it varies from year to year. Some years it's like I'm probably gone half the year. Uh, some years more or less. You know, it just it varies. Depends on how many tours you know you end up doing. And last year was a fairly busy year, but um, this year I think Peter and I are on a similar mindset where we're you know whatever things come up that sound like this is you know this is a good idea we're going to do it, but we're not going to try to go crazy with it. Today in the studio, we have Dave Gazarian, and we've been talking to Peter Furler, the new band, the Peter Furler Band. So, so Dave, you've got some young ears listening, perhaps, some kids that play the piano, guitar, mm -hmm. drums, and they got they want to grow up and be a Christian rock star, a rock star. Um, what counsel, what advice, what warnings do you tell them? Well, we get that question a lot because a lot of people will, will look at what we're doing and they'll say, that's exactly what I want to mm -hmm. do because it looks like sure. so much fun. Um Probably for a lot of the same reasons I was inspired once, you know, by watching Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, 
I look at that and I'm like, well, that's a, that looks like a great idea. I want to do that. <laughs> and, now, now uh, the end of that scene didn't go so well for Michael J. Fox, as I recall, though. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we try to remember the good part. Okay. That, that's the inspiration. <clears throat> um, yeah, and so many people ask that question. And I wish it was as, as easy as asking me, how do I become a pharmacist or how do I become a, a lawyer or a nurse or a doctor? Because as hard as those things are to do, it's actually pretty easy. There's a formula. Go to school. Go to make school. the grades. Yeah, you make the grades. You, you you know you do your undergrad, then you do this graduate program, and then you start start a practice. And but for being in a band or doing music as a ministry or just music in general, there doesn't seem to be a formula to follow. And the best answer I have for that is just based on my experience of doing that. And God puts opportunities in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see an opportunity and say, "Well, that's not a rock band. That I'm not. That's not playing for like thousands of people. Right. I'm not going to do that. that that's. Not, I'm waiting for the the big one. You know. Right. But my story is very small beginnings. You mm-hmm. know, playing in a church of maybe you know thirty or forty people. Right. And you know, from that, there's a high school student led ministry that wants to sing a couple songs. So I bring your, you bring your guitar and you start leading a couple mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. From that, maybe in college, you start playing on a campus group and none of this stuff is very glamorous, but it's being faithful to all the things that God puts right yeah. in front of you right now. And I, that's, that's my biggest story and my biggest answer is just like, if you're faithful, you always have that vision in your periphery of what, what your goal is. You have this ideal of like, well, I want to do this on a large scale. I want this to be be huge. I want it. Yeah. Yeah. And and not only just to be famous, maybe I just want to influence a lot of people. Right. Yeah. We can couch it all kinds of way. Yeah. But if you do really truly understand what your end goal is, you always keep that in the periphery and all the little opportunities, just as I see in my life is if I look back, it all fits like a puzzle piece. Hmm. One opportunity I took shifted me a little bit to the left, and then this one shifted me over to the right, and it all kind of zeroes you in on this target. And pretty soon, because of that passion you have, because of that vision you have, everything you're doing somehow becomes a building block to reach that. Uh-huh. It, it, it's interesting because um, in ministry, it's the same thing. You know, people mm-hmm. want to, sometimes they want to be a pastor or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's the same advice I give them. I say, you know, hey, be faithful where God has you. Mm-hmm. Take every opportunity you give. It's it's a slow, long process, and he's more interested in our faithfulness than our success. Absolutely. And if we just keep plugging away, maybe, maybe there'll be open doors, maybe not, but being faithful is a lot more important. Fast forward, if you could go five years, eight, ten years in time for the, the Peter Fuller band, what would you like to look back and say, okay, God did X, Y, Z with this? God used it in ways that we didn't know when we started Mm. and just uh, that we were faithful with our time. I mean, that's my biggest thing now. I mean, I, I always have this, we kind of have this running joke, me and my wife at the beginning of every year, we've only been married for four years, but um, the end of the year looks drastically different than what we had expected at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the year. And this has happened every single year since we've been married. So we kind of joke around and say, man, what what is it going to look like in December this year? It might be, (laughs) we might be living in Africa. I don't know. I mean, it's maybe not that drastic, but it's not what we had set out to do. But the important thing to me with every day is when I wake up, I'm like, I have to be doing something today that's building something and that's mm-hmm. working towards something. I don't want to look back on a year and say, man, I just kind of slept in and 
all that time. It's like, what, what I was, what was I watching TV? What was I, what was I doing with my time? I could have achieved so much more. I could have done something to build God's kingdom. I could have done something to enable me to do bigger things for God's kingdom. Meg Jay has written a book called The Defining Decade, mm-hmm. and she talks about the, those who maybe not quite out of college or finishing college, and they sort of, they're living at home, living in mom and dad's house, maybe mm-hmm. their childhood bedroom still, and they're, they're doing exactly what you just diagnosed. And you know, how do we move these young men and women to say that decade is not retrievable? I mean, mm-hmm. if you play Xbox until 2 or 3 in the morning and you're online playing games and you know, staying up on the internet all wee hours, Snapchatting, printers, taking pictures, you know, finding your passion, mm-hmm. you know, which is the big moniker today for your 20s. I haven't found my passion. I wouldn't take that job. It's not my passion. Yeah, right. What do you say to him? Oh, man. I mean, well, what you had just pointed out is a great thing. I try to do the same thing. I try to put myself five years ahead, or I even try to put myself in the now and go back five years and say, if I could go back, how would I do it differently? And there are things, I mean, this is a, a kind of a not too known thing about me is I'm also a jazz artist called Dave and Ian. And I've kind of been pursuing a career of jazz. And, and I, I hope to just use that to influence people in what way I, I don't know, but I know mm-hmm. God opens doors with, with any, any venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've been doing in recent years is uh, on tour, I've just been waking up I mean, most, a lot of people, it's tempting to, to be on tour and just, you know, all I have to do is play a concert. Sleep. And sleep until one o'clock, mm-hmm. roll out of bed, maybe go to a coffee shop. And that's life for a lot of people on the road. Mm. And for as long as I've been on the road, like you, you start doing that for a while. And if you're on the road long enough, you're like, I have to do something or this is, my life is just passing me by. Wow. So um, starting maybe maybe four or five years ago, I started dragging, if there wasn't a piano at the venue, I would drag a keyboard and I would just practice my brains out. And I'm working on a new career. I'm working on something. And people would just, it blew people away that were on tour. They thought this was something foreign. They're they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? They're like, you're practicing eight hours a day? Like, why? You're already in a band. You've got a show tonight. You're like, what are you doing? And I'm just thinking, well, for one, this this is what I do for a living, quote, and this is what I do to represent God. And I'm like, whatever I'm doing, I have to, you know, if I'm calling myself a Christian, I better be pretty darn good at what I do. Yeah, yeah. Good for and you. And I just, I just think about it. I'm like, well, you know what? Everybody else out there in the country that has a regular quote job, they're working eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. So why am I sleeping in and playing a show an hour a night? You know, mm-hmm. I, this is my job. This is what I do. And, and I'm going to do it with excellence. Well, Dave, tell us a little bit about the Gazarian name. The Gazarian name. Yeah. People often ask, like, what is that? And I say Armenian. And they're like, oh, you're Armenian. And I said, no, no, no. It's not Armenian versus Calvinism. You know, it, probably 2% of the population understood what you just said there. <laughs> yeah, probably. They think it's a kind of a sect of religion. Right. But it's exactly. actually Armenian as in, like, someone says they're Italian or Greek right. or, you know. Lebanese. Right. So I grew up with this heritage. And it's kind of a rich heritage that a lot of people don't know about. My parents, you know. Our relatives came from Armenia, and my grandparents. There was a there was actually a massacres and a genocide that right. drove a lot of them out of their country. And my parents ended up born in Egypt. So I guess there's this thing: if you're Armenian, you're Christian, right? Because they take pride, or we take pride in being the first nation that accepted Christianity right. as their religion. Where that kind of breaks down is a lot of times. That's it. 
whether it started that way or it evolved into that, it's just kind of one of those things where if you ask a, an Armenian, are you a Christian? Like, well, of, of course, course I'm a yeah. Christian. I'm Armenian. Yeah. You know, we were the first nation to accept Christianity. And this is kind of how my my dad, who was a great influence in my life, grew up mm. in the Orthodox Armenian Church. And I think what, about when he was a teenager, he had a friend that led him to Christ. Wow. And more than just culturally, you know, we go to church, we do this liturgy, we do this, a lot of these ceremonial things right. that, that are cultural. He showed him what it was like to be a true Christian, have a relationship with, with Christ. Amazing. And so it transformed his life. It truly, amazing. if you knew my dad, he was totally transformed and he moved the family to Toronto and that's where I was born in Canada. Okay. So he was coming from seeing that tradition to seeing the reality of Christ in your life. He was so determined and he had such, uh, he just took it very seriously to make that the environment for his family mm -hmm. to grow up. And so I was really blessed to grow up in that environment. We were always going to church. We went to church twice a day. I mean, twice, on, on, a uh, day. twice a day on Sundays. Okay. And then, you know, a couple of <laughs> times in the middle of the week, you know, we were, and, and his encouragement was like, yeah, play music, do whatever you're doing, but do it for God. Mm. And so even now, uh, my wife and I, my wife is Armenian as well. And um, if you know evangelical Armenians, which are Armenians that, you know, that know Christ, you know, in the sense of being born again with Christ, you pretty much know all of those evangelical Armenians in North America. That's kind of how I ended up meeting my wife. Wow. And so small I- Small community. Yeah, yeah, very small community oh. because most all of them are still- Orthodox in their faith. So my wife and I take that as a challenge to really, because we have such a heritage in this and we know the language, we understand some of the suffering that the community has gone through. It's kind of become our passion, a little bit of our conviction, I guess, to build into this community. And there's so many Armenians, even here in Nashville, there's Armenians that a lot of them have come from Russia right. and you know they weren't exposed to a lot of Christianity. Right in Russia. And so uh, there's a small Armenian community here that meets once a month and we really? we help teach Sunday school and we, we're trying to be a light in that community. And, and there's others as well that are doing that. And so that's kind of a little bit of a side note of what we do. But along the way, that's really been a huge part of my, that's my growing up. What gives you joy? I guess just knowing that you're using your gifts, I guess that gives me joy. Knowing that you're using and not only um, knowing that you're not complacent, mm. that you're not, you're not done. Because a lot of people think that, oh, you're you're in the Peter Furler band or you're in Super Chick or something. You're you're done. You arrived, you know. And and on my end of it, I'm like, I haven't even started. Hmm. And it gives me joy to see what more I can accomplish with the gifts that God has given me. What what more I can do to honor Him with that. Dave, it's been great to have you today. Would you do us a favor and pray for us? Pray for Love these kids you. that are listening to you. Yeah. And uh, thanks for what you're doing. Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for the gifts that you give us, for the gifts that you give each and every one of us. No matter if we even think they're gifts, God, there's so many things that you've empowered us to do. I just pray that people listening that would just realize that they have so much to offer to the world and that, that not only that, but that everybody is is an example in their own way. We're, we're being watched and I just pray that you would keep us faithful to live to that calling, God, just to... Uh, Take the abilities, take the gifts you've given us, and just to use them for your glory, to use them for the grace, and just to represent you best. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Dave Guzarian, thanks for being with us today on Michael Easley in Context. Yeah.